0: This is how people are going to say, I should watch that movie. Because no one knows me. No one knows Casey, the girl that acted in the movie with me. Lee, who's the director, he he had done two features, but they were released on DVD. Nobody was anybody. And now we had the opportunity to have Danny Glover. And that was like, well, we need to make this happen one way or another.
1: listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm your co-host, AJ Meyer. My co-host, Trevor Algat, will be joining us next week. Coming up in episode 181, part three of Trevor's chat with actor and filmmaker Leo Oliva, the writer and star of the dramatic feature film The Shift. Co-starring Danny Glover, it's a film about an impossible night in a hospital emergency room. In part three... Leo talks about how he and his producer used a mock email account to get their script to Danny Glover, getting schooled by a few lawyers while he put to finance the film, and how he got a distribution deal with Shoreline, including a video on demand release. It's all coming up in episode 181, so stick around. This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines? Be off book for auditions? Explore your character and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com/download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com/download. Hello out there, all you IAP listeners. This is AJ coming to you in my... Uh, I think this will be my first ever solo episode. I flew back to New York, so I spent a, uh, quite a bit of time traveling. And then Trevor's got a bunch of projects going on this weekend. So uh, we decided to make it work, as we always do. I want to be consistent for you guys out there. So uh, as I said, I am back in New York. And uh, I just have one item to kind of uh, chat about here, which is I talked about having a couple of auditions while I was in Los Angeles. And I got a chance to hang out with, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I am friends with the VP of casting for Sony. And I got a chance to hang out with her and and her husband while I was in Los Angeles. And she said, you know, oh, you're in New York now. Uh, Blacklist is a, a Sony show. I'll make sure that the Casting office out there knows um, that you're out there, essentially introducing me to them. And sure enough, the next day I had an audition for a co star role on The Blacklist. The problem was that because I was still in Los Angeles, I was going to have to put myself on tape for this. Now, ordinarily, of course, I would just do it, just put myself on tape, send in the tape, and uh, you know, see how that goes. But There were a couple of things that didn't sit right with me. One of them was that I wanted this casting office to meet me in person. Um, It's always very difficult to get to know someone simply by an audition put on tape. And I thought it would reduce my chances of booking the office. And also putting myself on tape... I haven't really gotten that down to a science yet, and I didn't want my first audition for this office to be, especially since I was recommended to them, to be an on tape audition for s- such a small role. I'm holding out essentially for an in person audition with a larger, juicier role. So there was a really gutsy decision, but I decided to pass on the audition. And it was interesting because my managers, my manager and agents didn't agree on, on this one. My manager thought that I was making the right decision, and my, my agents thought that uh, I, w- I wasn't necessarily because they wanted to introduce me to this office. So, I, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I wanted to essentially empower all of the actors listening to this that you are in the driver's seat. You get to make the decisions. They are working for you. Your representation is working for you. And it doesn't matter if they agree with each other or you. You are the one that's making the decisions and you get to go with your gut on, you know, decision-making, you know, opportunities like this one. And on top of that, being willing to or having the guts to say no to something that was a really great opportunity and... I said no to it. We talked about that a little bit during the roundtable episodes, but this was my first opportunity of 2015 to say no in the hopes that I'll actually have a better opportunity later. So I just wanted to kind of mention that story and hear if anybody else had some success saying saying no this this year. Because, like I said, we did mention it in the the roundtable episode with a couple of different people in the round table saying that that was part of their wins for 2014. So if you have recently said no and it supported you, it sort of launched you into um it opened you closed one door and so it opened another. I'd love to hear about it. The Trevor would love to hear about it. The podcast would love to hear from you. I'm sure our listeners would. So write in, call in, let us know your story. I would love to to hear how you're using that or empowering yourself essentially to say no, in the hopes that, you know, something bigger and better, bigger, better opportunities around the corner. I also just want to mention, uh, as a news item, really quickly, that I am recording this while the Oscars are actually on in the background. So the actual ceremony has not quite begun yet. They're still doing the red carpet stuff. But I'm mentioning it because what that means is that there will be this, this recording will go live on the Tuesday after Oscars. So it's going to sound like I, we, the podcast had no idea uh, that they were going on, but that's not the case. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, J.K. Simmons is an Oscar winner, and uh, we will talk about the, uh, the rest of the winners and some of the other surrounding news in next week's episode. In the meantime... This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by vo2gogo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit vo2gogo.com slash start for a free Getting Started in VoiceOver online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's vo, the number two, gogo.com slash start. We don't have any listener questions, voicemails, emails, or anything uh, coming into the podcast this week, so what's that all about? Get those in. But what it does mean is that we get to roll right into part three of Leo Oliva's interview, and this, once again, has some juicy, empowering knowledge bombs left and right, Um, some very cool stories in here, and it just continues to impress me how how much of a go-getter Leo is. So enjoy the rest of this, and I'll catch you on the other side.
0: of yours or how did you so get involved? he was he was a buddy of mine we um we were in a writing group I was he was part of a writing group that I was in the process of rewriting and rewriting he I had worked on a few things with him before and I was like look you're the only director I know and I know how you work would you like to direct and he goes yeah of course so he jumped on board and he was on board while we were in Miami and he was on board when we came back to LA Melanie went up to him and said I need name actors that you would like to play the role of Floyd He came back with a list, but it was a modest list of a bunch of TV actors. And she goes, that's great, but go big. Imagine if we had the entire budget in the world, what would you go for? And he kind of just laughed it off. And he's like, yeah, Danny Glover would be awesome. But I mean, that's, that's crazy. And she's like, okay, from one minute to the next, it went from, we wanted to put a little movie together to we want Danny Glover in our movie. And I love it. Me- I love Melanie it. was like freaking mission, out. You know? Yeah, it was, it was, this is what's going to take us to that next level. And Melanie was like, well, I'm going to figure out how to do this. So we set up an account, another account. We figured out how to set up an email account that would make us look bigger than what we were. So, <laughs> so, so our quote unquote assistant to Melanie Di Pietro sent an email to his assist- to to Danny's agent's assistant and said we have this movie it's a great project we think danny would be great she had me draft an email to him saying this is why this role fits you and it worked his agent's assistant sent the email to the agent the agent was like this is great let's get in touch then melanie and him started talking she sent him the script and the agent was interested he loved it he got it to danny and then danny loved it and danny was like this is a great script Then it became the whole, well, this is my contract, and this is this, and this is how much it costs, and this is what we're going to do, and it was coming together with figuring out how we're going to pull together money that we don't have to pay for Danny, but this is probably the best investment that we have. This is how people are going to say, I should watch that movie, because no one knows me. No one knows Casey, the girl that acted in the movie with me. Lee, who's the director, he, he had done two features, but they were released on DVD. Nobody was anybody you know yet and now we had the opportunity to have danny glover and that was like well we need to make this happen one way or another
2: and i I want to just
0: quickly point out i think you
2: you said this that you're you guys made up an assistant's email address oh yeah just to make it look like you actually had that assistant oh yeah and then you just faked that basically yeah just just for appearances and it worked yeah (laughs) okay cool (laughs) i just wanted to make sure we got that i think that's a brilliant idea
0: if you walk in and most actors probably know this if you walk in you look like a creep Walking into an agent's office or into manager's office or into any professional level saying, I'm worth your time. Great. Thanks. Have a nice day. Walk out or I'm gonna call security. That's basically the response you get. But when someone vouches for you, even if they're a nobody, even if they're a made up email, that vouch that voucher of someone saying you should speak to this person, it makes a difference. And that email was a very well crafted email. But it came and it it worked. It helped us get up the ranks. It was one assistant speaking to another. It got us in the door. Ultimately, if the script had sucked, we wouldn't have gone anywhere. You know, you can't, let's not, let's not say you should go out there and make an assistant's email just to get in somebody's door, but you better have the chops to back it up before you start going for something like this. Melanie believed enough in the project to take the risk to say, I'm gonna put my name on the line because this is gonna be. Di Pietro's assistant, this isn't gonna just be Joe Schmo. Right. You know? Right. And she took it upon herself to make sure that she followed through with it. She spoke to the agent. I mean, she made it work out. Right on. You've got Danny interested. Yeah. And he sends
2: you back the contract and he basically says, or not he, but you know, his reps say, This is what it's gonna take. Yeah. Money wise, commitment wise, time one, timeline wise, all of that stuff. And you were like, Okay, we'll we'll make it work however we need to. Yeah. Uh, See, this is funny because this is that sort of gray area that you hear about in interviews where people are like, yeah, you know, I wanted to be an actor. And so I moved to L.A. and then, uh, you know, then I was working on Avatar and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened in between? So it's like you basically said yes to Danny. And then what was the process like from then to the first day that he showed up on set?
0: We had said yes to Danny ahead of time. Danny said yes, his agent said yes, and then it was all the paperwork and how can you, we have to get everything cleared. It's all the, the legal stuff and all the money. So you got lawyers involved and, and all that stuff? No. No? That's the fun part. Uh, I remember putting in, we had to put in a certain amount of money into an escrow account in order to even get him on the plane. Like that's when it comes down to the business aspect of it. We had to have a lump sum of cash, Danny's payout in this account by this date. If not, he wouldn't fly. They wanted the money in by, by Friday, the week before we were supposed to start shooting. And Danny was going to be there that week. So technically, we had to have the money in five days prior to Danny even coming to us. Well, Friday was a holiday, so we couldn't get the money into the bank. Money that we didn't have, mind you. So I had to find money over the weekend, tried to get it in Monday. Monday was a holiday, so I couldn't get it into the bank on Monday. We're supposed to start shooting Wednesday. So now we're on the line Tuesday. Tuesday, I go in and I deposit the money into the bank, walk out, and I get a phone call from the agency. And they're like, we need to let you talk to our legal department. And we're like, all right. So legal gets on the phone and they're like, do you have a lawyer? And we're like, I'm sitting in the car with Melanie. We're on Bluetooth. We're like, no. And legal, (laughs) the lady, she's like, do you understand how that makes us feel that our our client is going to be going to a shoot that you guys have negotiated all of this that just went off on us I mean just tore us a new one and i'm like ma'am if uh if you want me to walk into the bank right now and pull out the lump sum that I just deposited, please tell me because I need to fly someone else out here to fill his role, but the money's in the bank right now, so if you guys want me to pull that out, I can do that if not. We need to move forward and make a movie. So you tell me what you guys want to do. We don't have legal. We didn't have legal. We've negotiated everything without legal. So what do you want to do? And there was this dead silence on the phone. Well, you know, we're just letting you know for next time um, <laughs> that, that as right. it, as, you know, and it became this whole, yeah. okay, so I get it. You want to teach me something, but you got the cash in your account. Do you want to play or do you not want to play? And it, it's the truth. Money, money talks. The next day, Danny was on a plane. Danny flew, I think, from Barbados to New York, New York to San Fran. San Fran down to us and was there here, actually, L.A., Wednesday morning at about one thirty in the morning. We picked him up from the airport, took him to the hotel, talked about the whole script. He, uh, he opened up about how he really actually connected with it. And then he was on set shooting with us at... 6.30 in the morning. You wrote the script. You were moving forward with it. You ran into a roadblock.
2: You rethought things. Got things worked out. You started moving forward again. You didn't, You hadn't even talked to Danny. You hadn't exchanged one word with him until the moment you picked him up from the airport. Yeah. And he was going to
0: play this major role in the in the film. You know, after after you've seen somebody work like that, Danny's been able to embody a bunch of roles. I trust his work. Oh yeah, totally. You know, gets I, I, it's the point it, that it, yeah, that you yeah. trust somebody's body of work. Did it make me nervous? Honestly, no. Again, my gut, my gut said this yeah. is the right thing. Just go with it. It'll work out one way or another we had already lost an entire production basically back in Miami and that loss had gotten me Danny Glover basically <laughs> so i was like well let's there, go with it let's there figure worse it out. things that could happen <laughs> yeah. here right yeah so where did where did the money come from
2: between when you had to kind of postpone the production when you were looking for that extra hospital so between then you said you had about 15000 we lost
0: 15 grand and we started a kickstarter campaign pulled together 15 grand was the the number that we wanted to get back so we put 15 grand as our thing we made about 7,500, almost 8,000 on Kickstarter and Leo whipped out his credit card and I swiped again and I fi- gap financed the rest of that because if not, I wouldn't have gotten wouldn't the money from Kickstarter right. and everybody, most of the people that had put money in were people that I knew that that were like, you need this money, take it. So I gap financed basically the rest of it off of a American Express credit card and got the money from from everybody that, that decided to put money into it to kind of fill that in. But then still, we still had, now Danny Glover was going to cost us much. So we had to go and I called my uncle, and I called my dad, and I called hmm. everybody. And it was team effort at that point. Now you say, I'm making a movie, but then now you say, I'm making a movie with Danny Glover. Now it's like, oh, oh well, yeah. I mean, that's a little easier to say, yeah, here's an extra this amount of money. Here's an extra this amount of money. How much did you, if you don't mind me asking, how much did you need to pull together to have
2: to move forward with Danny with production
0: everything at that point because we had to revamp it to give you an idea the initial budget was 50 grand we had to pull together a whole another 80 grand to move forward so at this point the movie was already somewhere around 130,000 Justin wanting to move forward that doesn't count post that doesn't count any publicity that doesn't count wardrobe even at that point. You know, that was just... This just to shoot. Just to shoot. I'm still paying for it. I mean, I still got... I went to Chase. Chase gave me a beautiful loan, a business loan. But, you know, I'm sitting in it right now and it's, right. I'll go to work again and I'll pay off another little chunk and over, you know. Again, yeah. like I said before, I'm, I'm going to lose money and I'm going to have money in life. Maybe it's because of nursing, but I have a different understanding that when you die, you don't take anything with you. So what if I'm sitting with $20 million in my account Mm -hmm. When I'm dead, I'm dead. What I did with it is what matters. And I'm doing a lot with the little that I have. The day I get more, I promise you I'll do a lot more. But up until that point, this is what I have. This is what I can do. So we, we pulled that money together pretty quick in order to get the whole thing off the ground. We shot middle of January through middle of February. We shot for, an, for a month, for an entire month. But it was kind of a scattered schedule. We'd shoot three days one week, and then we'd be off for four, shoot three days the next week, then be off for two, then shoot four days that week. So we were we were kind of juggling because the we used the old county hospital, County USC. They let us use their spot, but they didn't have enough staff to let us shoot the entire month. And we didn't have the money to hire extra staff to be with us there, security, uh, people and all that stuff. So we kind of bargained with them to figure out we use three days can we come back the following week so we'd have all of our equipment uploaded and dropped and loaded and dropped uh, over and over and over so okay so yeah. how long did the shoot actually last then actual days uh yeah. we shot it out in 15 days over the course of one month Wow. Okay. so
2: basically half of a month worth of time now you've got post-production now you've got distribution now you've got all these other things to kind of field yeah it's just it's just you, you break through one kind of thing and then you got on to the next so what happens now
0: you let the director take the first pass I mean, we had an editor that was on set he was already pulling pieces together chunking it all together so that it made sense Um, so we were ahead of the game because we're lucky enough to have our editor be our DIT on set he had signed on for a very reduced rate if he was gonna be able to edit it and we had seen his work and he was awesome so he started cutting it all together for us as we were on set he got with the director they went through the first pass we went through a few other layers of editing Um, Trying to figure out What was the best way To tell the story And little by little The story told itself Whether it was This moment needed to land A little longer This needed to move You know We allowed the story To just form itself Over time Then it was color Then it was sound It took about a year To get everything Almost finalized Not finalized, finalized But almost finalized But we had a We had a cut That was good enough To take us to 2013 We went to the Palm Beach International Film Festival We got in and we were able to show our film over there. Sound still needed a little bit of tweaking, but everything else was on point. But we ended up taking the audience award at the Palm Beach Film yeah, Festival yeah. back in Florida. And then we went back to the to the the drawing board of how do we finish up the sound? How do we make sure it's 100%? And we put together a screening still with the same same quality that we had at Raleigh Studios. And this was the the portion of let's promote it. Let's get the movie out there. Let's start getting somebody to help us sell it and we had a, a guy helping us out with PR at the time and he pulled together as many people as he could sent out you know invitations to Paramount Warner Brothers Shoreline Entertainment and a bunch of other companies and Shoreline was one of the companies that came and they watched the movie they had passed on it earlier because for some reason they eh, it's not our cup of tea but when they sat down and they watched it I don't know if it was watching it with an audience or what but something moved them and they said we want to represent your movie we can sell your movie then we started the negotiations of getting them on board to be our sales rep. So Shoreline Entertainment came on and they signed us, I think literally the first day of AFM of 2013. So the American Film Market in Santa Monica, they signed us. We, we actually came out on uh, Deadline Hollywood and it was one of the things, we were one of those films that got signed. We got a bunch of emails from people saying congrats and I was like, I don't even know who you are, but that was great, you know? <laughs> um, so they picked up the movie. And then over the following year, it was finding a way to sell it, finding a way to sell it, getting it into somebody's hands. So from 2013 to 2014, we ended up getting a few sales along the way, more internationally than than um, domestic. And finally, we got a company called Random Media, who jumped on board. They became our, or they are our, our distribution company, our arm over here in, in the U.S. and in Canada. And they're working with Cinadime. So Cinadime is actually releasing the movie. I'm flying through it all. So if there's anything you're like, wait, what about No, no, that? it's
2: great. I mean, this is this is a a topic that's that is still we've we've spoken about it with many, many times on the show with a variety of different guests who've all made films and have them distributed, and it's still always like Okay. I think I get it, but it seems like it's one of those kind of crap shoots and that you're lucky if you make money back still. And yes, you know, it's like, it's, it just seems like you have to kind of be in it
0: to really understand how it, it's, how it works. It's a learning curve, uh, yeah. that, that you won't learn until you have to. And I think that's part of the industry. And then everybody says that if it was easy, everybody would be doing it at, at every, at every point in the game there's another turn that comes and something else that's blocking your path. And it's basically the universe saying, if you really want it, you got to push through this. Okay, cool. You got that one. Okay, here's something bigger. If you really want it, you got to push through this. And every single time something comes up. All, especially when you're starting out with the idea that you may never make any of your money back. You may have just thrown this all out in the open and said, this is what I want to do. And hopefully something will happen from it. Money... Again, comes and goes. Yeah. But I've got a movie right now that tells a story like I wanted to tell back when I was 17 sitting in an acting class that I'm going to be able to move people. And everybody that's watched the movie is moved. Whether they agree with the message or they don't, they're moved to talk about the message. They sit down, they watch it, and after they're done, they want to have a dialogue about what it means to... To open up this this can of worms, what end of life care means and, and what what decisions we make and how we carry them out and what happens at the end. Because death, end of life, all that stuff is a touchy subject, especially in the U.S. Outside of the U.S., most people are like, hey, it's part of life. There's an end to it. That's what happens. But here in the U.S., we're very very kind of touchy. It's, yeah. it, it makes yeah. us nervous to talk about death because we think this can all come to an end. But... If you accept the fact that it comes to an end, you'll live more. And that's basically what the story really pushes you. Where do you, the, the tagline is, and it's in the trailer, but where do you draw the line between being alive and actually living your life? The most important part in that is living your life. Because of all the patients that I've taken care of and everybody that I've cared for in the hospital, all the ones that have passed away or have been scared of passing away, the happiest ones, were the ones that accepted that death was going to happen no matter what at some point, but that they had accepted and used that. Used that to say, I'm going to live my life because I don't know when it's going to end. I don't know where it's going to take me. Tomorrow could be my last day. When I when I jumped on board with the movie, I told myself, if I die tomorrow, I want to make sure that I've done everything I can to be happy. So when I get up there, I can't be like, meh. God, I wish you would have given me like another two years. No. I can get up and be like, I did everything I could with the twenty years, the thirty years that you gave me. This time, this is what I did what I could. Kind of a tangent, but that's No,
2: that's so beautiful though. That's really that's the kind I mean, that's what it's all about at the end of the at the end of the day. It's like we get caught up in this mm, I wanted to use the word earthly, but we get caught up in this in this stuff, you know, where we yeah. think that a lot of these things are important and real when they're really not. They're huh. really not. At the end of the day, it's what did you do? To make your slice of the world a better place. And yeah. did you do everything or did you let your stupid excuses stop you? Sometimes you have money and that's okay. And sometimes you don't and that's okay too. It's just about like these these are temporary transient things. Yeah. Is that going to stop you? Yes or no. That's the kind of person that, that you are. You know, like that's that's the question to ask and how you respond to that determines kind of your character. And the cool thing is we always have a choice in every moment to flip that around, and be like, you know what? No, this isn't gonna take me out. Yeah. I'm bigger than
0: this problem. And it's those people that decide not to let it take you out that get to that next step. If you let it take you out, and that's fine. You know, this may not be your journey. The the tests that you run into will help you decide whether this is your journey or not. It's whether you get past that test or not. I it, Again, tangent, but it sits on the same idea. I did. I did professional cheerleading for four years. What really? Yeah, I was a competitive oh, cheerleader. You, you told me a yeah. Chipotle. Yeah. Um, but in that, I, the the one thing that I could really that I always always click back to. My coach said, "It's not about being perfect. It's about how you deal with the imperfections." And if you apply that to life, it's not about having the biggest car or having the most money. It's not about having the best movie. It's about how you deal with what you have it's how you overcome the hurdles that you run into you know and and if if we can apply that not just to acting not just to filmmaking but to life in general you can elevate life to another another level and by doing that you can elevate other people because you show them what it's like to live with less or to live with more but to still be the same person and to overcome your own obstacles Mm. as they come along you know
2: yeah so what is next for you i mean obviously the film is still kind of you know continuing its journey but outside of that i can't i i imagine that this has opened up a whole bunch of new doors for you that wouldn't have been opened otherwise
0: it hasn't it hasn't i'll be honest with you the big doors that it's opened up creatively speaking that idea is out of my head a Hmm. bunch more have flooded in i mean i've i've got i've always had the goal of having like a slate of ideas being able to when someone says what do you have because that's that's the usual la question what else do you have my answer has become, what else do you want? I've got whatever you want. I can tweak whatever I have to be whatever you want. I can do that. I'm, I'm comfortable in that aspect. So I've, I've put together a slate of a bunch of ideas that I want to create, that I want to shoot. Um, and we'll see where the shift lands. If it, if it ends up, hopefully, recouping the money that I put into it and I can pay everybody what they were worth. Um, because I still have people that worked on the movie for less than their rate and said, you know, if if you get to the point that you guys have made your money back, I'd love to get the action. I would love to pay everybody what they were worth. The movie that we made is worth probably about four times the amount that we paid for it, without saying numbers. But everybody was willing to come on board and work for less because they believed in the movie. I hope my next movie, I can pay everybody their full worth up front. I want to work with an amazing director. I want to work with more people that that have this idea of creating stories that move people the shift technically comes out on the 24th it's february 24th it comes out we'll have it on vod it'll be on itunes it'll be on xbox you can play it straight off you can play it off hulu oh
2: my god that's perfect timing too because that's right about when people will be hearing this
0: interview Awesome! That is great. Like you can, right now, you can go onto iTunes and pre-order it if you want to. Like that's that's where it's at. We've actually gotten to that level. Awesome. And then there's a film festival in Miami that nominated us for Best Director, Best Cinematographer, Best Actor, Best Lead Actress, uh, Best Lead Actor, Best Lead Actress, and Best Feature Film.
2: so you're just getting started with this thing yeah this is this is the ship is just leaving the port here
0: and yeah i'll be i'll I'll be going back to miami for that march 1st and being there for the film festival seeing seeing where we land with that um and hopefully more work keeps coming in i'm looking i'm i'm a workhorse i need work i feel i feel dead if i'm not working so if it's not coming from outside it's going to be coming from inside and i'm going to keep making it myself i mean i'm 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 writing about three more features right now. We wrote another one that's a huge budget sci-fi, but again, political, emotional thriller dealing with Darwinism is the name of it. Just if you think about the scope of that idea that that okay, healthcare yeah. becomes death care. It's a change in the way, the way politics and medicine work together. Really big idea, but really big budget. That's not, Leo's Pocket can't sustain that kind of a movie. Um, but then, you know, we have the other stuff from... Writing another movie about a bodybuilder, writing another movie about, about cheerleading even. I got I got a story that I want to tell about that. So I'm young, but I've lived enough that I have enough stories that I want to tell and I and I know what I want to say with them. So if if I'm not getting the opportunities from the outside, I'm gonna keep making them from the inside until someone says, I love this one. Let's take it, let's go with that, let's let's create something.
2: Last question before two final questions I wanna ask. Okay, you. cool. Do you have a production company or have you started do you have some sort of
0: entity or umbrella that, that- So... Yeah, I mean, I have I I opened up my own production company, Oliva Productions. It's technically based out of Miami. Over here, I'm working with Melanie a lot. So, her company's called Mad Elephant Inc. It's a big pink elephant because she loves pink <laughs> elephants. Um, I love that. That's uh, really cool. And that's 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 basically the arm that we're working under. Everything that I make, I'm basically throwing it her way. She she's helped me craft the ideas. Like we're putting together a few different teaser like private teaser ideas that hopefully we'll have up online and people can say because for me to tell you hey sit down and read 120 page script you're like okay i gotta find time to do that but if i tell you i got a 30 second teaser i got a one minute teaser watch it just play it and if you want to see the script based off of that let me know. I'll send it your way. So we're going to have teasers, uh, treatments, and the full scripts basically all put together with the freedom to move it around. If someone's like, that's great, but I need it to be a female lead, or that's great, but I need it to be this. Why not have it up there, show you the concept, show you the feel of what we want to go for. If you're interested, jump on board. So we're trying to put together on her website to have a private links for people that are actually serious and interested in seeing how they can come on as, as executive producers and bigger production companies so we can partner up with somebody bigger than us. It's like the gym. You're not going to go to the gym with somebody that can't lift the same weight as you. You're going to go with somebody that's stronger than you and you're going to try to push to that level. That's the idea. We want to be working with bigger, stronger companies than us so that we have to, again, like Danny Glover was to us, we want to have that company be what helps us go up to that next level
2: epic man there's there's even more that i want to talk about but we're tight on time here so i'm gonna ask you these last two questions really quickly we ask these of all our guests and they always get fascinating answers so here we go okay uh do you feel like this career path chose you or do you feel like you chose
0: it it chose me yeah uh it chose me um and it's crazy because there have been multiple times along this path that i've asked God, entity, whatever you want to call it, to take it from me because it's so difficult to sustain myself in it when things aren't going the way that I want it to, that I've said, if this is not for me, take it away. Please take it away because I I can't not do it right now. Take away this need so that I don't have to do it. And if it's what I need to be doing, give me a sign. And every single time that I've been that low, I've gotten a sign. Whether it was Danny Glover, whether it was we got signed to, to be sold by Shoreline, whether it was I got into an acting class, whether it was I got a call on the phone for an audition from someone that I didn't know about for three years. I, had, I hadn't been into audition for them in three years and they called me up. And said, I remember you. There's always something that, that throws me a curve and says, you need to keep doing this. I can't say I chose it because I've tried pushing it away so many times because of because of how difficult it can become, but it keeps pulling me back.
2: And then if you could take all your knowledge from birth till this point, but it's p- particularly with this with this journey you've been on with the film and everything, if you take all that knowledge and kind of condense it down into one bite-sized nugget to pass on to somebody walking this this path behind you, walking in your shoes. Uh what would that nugget of knowledge or wisdom be? Uh,
0: trust your gut but always be 100% honest with yourself in the idea that your gut will lead you in the right direction but don't jerk yourself off thinking that you're the best thing in the world if you're not be aware of where you are in your life and where you are with your craft before you start standing on top of the tallest mountain saying you're the best know what level you're at and then trust your gut like just but go for it give it everything you got yeah fucking
2: awesome man (laughs) (laughs) right Um, on leo thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us Uh, i know you're on twitter you've probably got uh facebook and all that stuff where where, where can people find you if uh, they want to connect
0: with you twitter is uh oliva pro o-l-i-v-a not olivia oliva o-l-i-v-a pro p-r-o um, same thing for Instagram I just got on that so I'm figuring that out and then Leo Oliva on uh, on Facebook I'm trying to close down my my personal side because I got too much family stuff on there and just keeping it as the actor page so I'm going to try to just have the likes on that but yeah I'm getting used to social media and, and figuring it out as as we go along Awesome, sweet.
2: Uh, again, thank you for taking the time coming out thank to Culver you, City and sitting down here. This is really inspiring. Uh, I know our audience is going to get a lot. Thank you, man.
0: Thank um, you, audience, for listening. Yeah, yeah it's great. Man.
2: <laughs> awesome, man. Well, can't wait to see what's ahead for you in the next year, months.
0: Awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much, man.
1: So I guess that does it for today's episode. Short and sweet for you guys today. This episode, as all episodes of Inside Acting, were produced and co-hosted by yours truly, A.J. Meyer, and, of course, Trevor Algat. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadala Gubrick is our marketing and web director. Jasmine Bristow is our director of public relations. And Deborah Smith is our community manager. Some guy named Trevor Algat composed our music. You can sign up for our free weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent episodes at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. And lastly, if you love inside acting and want to help keep the show going, keep the wheels moving on this bus, you can sign up as a monthly patron slash member. I'm going to start getting that into everyone's heads since we're probably going to be transitioning to the new verbiage soon. And get cool perks, like access to an exclusive online patron-only or members-only masterminds group, which... Um, Not only have I keep saying we've seen the screenshots, which sounds really not that impressive, but uh, the team, the IAP team is actually starting to test drive this and um, the uh, squeals of glee can probably be heard uh, across Los Angeles and New York. It is uh, quite awesome. And kudos to Godali for um, helping us to get that set up. If you become a patron or member, you can also get a shout out on the show, the show's website and newsletter freebies and discounts on merchandise and other upcoming podcast offerings and many many more just visit insideactingpodcast.com and click on the patron tab to find out more so that's it for episode 181 of inside acting thanks for listening we'll see you next week and in the meantime don't quit your daydream